Hello and welcome to the Career Speakeasy, a casual, fun, and irreverent place to share ideas about career development, the world of work, and life in general. I'm your host and proprietress, Kelly Nottingham. Growing your career should not be boring. So come on in, pull up a chair, and pick your poison. Hello, my lovelies. Welcome back to our third episode on perfectionism. Today, we're going to be talking about a term that I have coined, perfectionism. Perfectionism is the belief in the truth or validity of the filtered or misleading view of people's lives that they share. Uh, This is usually through social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, Twitter, even LinkedIn. But it's not just social media. It can also be really through any type of of media, books, anything that people put out, even podcasts. Now, this is a form of personal and professional branding. If you think about the image that we all put out into the world, it is a way for us to present the image of ourselves that we want others to, to understand about us. Now, that obviously, this is not inherently a bad thing. We all want to look like we have it together, right? (laughs) But I think this is an important topic for our discussion on perfectionism, because we take a lot of times these curated, non-true realities that people are putting out into the world. And if we already have perfectionistic tendencies, we will take that view of that person or that situation as true 100% unadulterated reality. And that is where the challenge comes in. That is what I like to term perfectionism. It's belief that we internalize that that reality that they are putting out there is actually true reality. Okay, I'm I'm a history nerd. You may also be a history nerd. I love museums. And both of my degrees are actually in anthropology of religion with a focus on ritual. So I love going into museums and looking at uh, the different artifacts and tools that people have used throughout millennia to express themselves religiously. And when any of us go into museums, let's say we're going into a cultural history museum, Pick a culture, whichever culture really floats your boat. It could be ancient Egypt. It could be uh, one of the many really amazing cultures from Mesoamerica. When we go into a museum, we walk into the, the display room and our eyes are immediately drawn to the big, cool, flashy, interesting, amazing artifacts. We spend time going through the museum Now, if you're a plaque reader like I am, it will take you a lot longer to go through a museum, but we'll go through the museum and we'll look at the fancy stuff, the Egyptian jewelry that was buried with a mummy. We will look at the big, huge Olmec heads. We don't spend as much time looking at a lot of the plain, undecorated daily life bowls that people would eat out of. We might look at a few of them. But we're not going to spend a lot of time looking at bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl 
unless we are some type of specialist, right? Now, what this brings to mind is that our brains crave novelty. We get bored easily with mundane things. No matter how useful it may be, we get bored with mundane, repetitive things. We want something new. We want something different. Human beings also crave meaning. And we will ascribe meaning to things, sometimes when it doesn't even have meaning. I and mean, we all do this, depending on what it may be. We may have a pair of lucky socks. We may have you know any number of types of things that we look at and ascribe meaning to. Now, what I find interesting is that we often associate those two things together in our minds. So if something is new, it therefore must have meaning. It must mean something. It must be important somehow. So we're constantly looking for the new, both in ourselves and in others, in the world around us, in the context that we are creating for ourselves and for our lives. And we a lot of times will give more meaning to the new things rather than the everyday things. So even in our own lives, we may ascribe more value to a piece of artwork in our home, even if it isn't financially more valuable or, you know, monetarily more valuable than we do to the plates that we use every day. That's, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about, right? The thing is, everybody is constantly looking for new stuff. We're constantly trying to find those new things and ascribe meaning to them. Now, our brains crave novelty and meaning, not just with objects, but also with achievements. And because everyone is also sharing all of their new and exciting stuff through social media, uh, not necessarily always through social media, though. It can be uh, in person. It can be on the, you know, in a book. If they're writing a book or a magazine article, sharing th- these ideas about ourselves, sharing the new things that are happening to us, and the new things that we're learning or seeing. This is not a. This is not inherently a bad thing. It's a form of branding, really, personal and professional branding to go on LinkedIn and say, hey, I did this new thing and isn't this great. That in itself is not bad. It's a way for us to build connection with each other. And it's a way for us to to build our reputations. It becomes problematic, though, when we lose the understanding that this is filtered and we lose that appreciation for the everyday work that it took to get to that result. The challenge for us comes in when we start to compare ourselves in those achievements. We look at what somebody else has accomplished and we're looking at ourselves. And for those of us who struggle with perfectionism and we may be naturally competitive, we're creating for ourselves a sense of lack, a sense of I am not doing enough. Dr. Tim Bono, author of When Likes Aren't Enough, had a, has a, a good quote. Quote, when we derive a sense of worth based on how we are doing relative to others, we place our happiness in a variable that is completely beyond our control. End quote. So what this means 
When we're looking at someone else's, let's say, social media, we're seeing a filtered version of their life, of their reality. We sometimes, we can look at this and we can say, I know that this is this person's highlight reel, right? But we don't see and appreciate all of the work that went behind it. Because here's the thing. People won't usually post their first video of themselves doing something, right? Unless you're trying to just be funny or, you know, laugh at yourself, which is which is great. We'll talk about that in a second. But most of the time, people are going to go through 80 photos or at least three or four photos before they find the one that they want to post on social media. They're going to do a video many times practicing through before they're actually able to show themselves being proficient at something. And that is what provides a level of context for how we understand ourselves and our own achievements and what expectations we have for ourselves. It can also provide context for what we think others expect of us. Logically, we know that people had to practice to do this, where they had a series of steps that led up to this achievement. But when we don't see the learning efforts and when we allow our perfectionism to take hold, this is where that, uh, that idea of perfectionism comes in. We're looking at somebody else's final achievement and we compare it to our own attempts at learning that thing. We don't sometimes appreciate the fact that it may have taken that person six or seven years to get to where uh, that accomplishment is finally complete. And for those of us who deal with perfectionism, that learning curve should basically be, you know, zero to 60 miles an hour right away. We don't give ourselves the opportunity to ramp up because we're already looking at the other car that's going full speed and saying, why am I not going that fast yet? The world is a very interesting place right now because we have a lot of people who are instant experts. We have people who edit their efforts. They're able to filter their photos. They're able to create this aura of not making mistakes or not having that ramp up to actual achievement. And we can fall into the trap of that perfectionism by actually thinking that that's the truth, that's the objective reality, when it's not. It may have taken them a lot of time and energy and effort and money and, and retakes of, of uh, videos or photos to be able to present that image. This is Personally, this is what I think is so dangerous about internet influencers. That whole concept of influencers to me is uh, fraught with potential for a lot of unhealthy context um, for people to build for themselves, looking at that at the level of perfectionism that goes on with influencers. So for example, there are apartments and rooms and backdrops that people can rent by the hour to go do photo shoots in or go do videos in with the intention of presenting that perfectly curated backdrop as their apartment. And this is how I live. And this is what I look like when I wake up in the morning with my fake lashes on and everything's perfect and my hair is gorgeous and my lipstick isn't smudged. And, you know, and that's, that's an obvious example, but it is still creating context for us. It is still creating that image in our minds of this is this person's life. 
my life doesn't look like that. I'm not doing very well then because I wake up in the morning and I look like I just woke up in the morning, right? It's fascinating to me in a way that we have so eagerly as a culture bought into this. And I am appreciative of the people who are posting videos of themselves, especially celebrities who are taking it upon themselves to post videos of themselves being real and being truthful, making mistakes, sharing some of their their struggles that they deal with. It not only humanizes the person, but it also humanizes the the learning curve. It, it humanizes that learning process of how to get from point A to point B. It humanizes the everyday that we often don't really want to talk about or share with people because it's really this, it's not the attractive side of our lives, right? Now, what's what's also though, just to add another layer on top of this, those fail videos are also curated. Uh, So they can potentially become another type of this perfectionism where we're looking at their fail videos and saying, well, yeah, they, yeah, that's the celebrity with no makeup on, but my God, he's still amazing looking and has perfect skin. It's, um, it's something for us to keep in mind that we can help ourselves past our perfectionism by understanding that we are not failures just because we have to practice something. That it's okay that we don't get anything on the first try. Nobody gets things on the first try. Uh, That literally, that only happens in movies. So how can we start to mitigate this aspect of our perfectionism? How can we start to address these perfectionistic tendencies that we may have? One that can be very helpful to start off with is to start paying attention to your inner dialogue and your feelings. What are you thinking and feeling when you see other people achieving things? What are you saying to yourself about them? What assumptions are you making about them that they are just naturally very fit or that they're just naturally very gifted public speakers and they were born in that way? What assumptions are you making about that person? And then flip that viewpoint around. What are you saying to yourself about you when you are taking in this perfectionistic media? What assumptions are you making about yourself in comparison to them? And then the other question to ask yourself at that point is, are those thoughts or emotions helpful to you? Sometimes they can be. And I plan to do an episode on envy because I think it can be a helpful emotion if addressed in the right way, uh, especially to move us forward in what we want to accomplish in our careers. But sometimes those thoughts and emotions are not helpful. So that's, that's one way to mitigate. Pay attention to what you're thinking and what you're feeling when you're watching media, when you're looking at other people achieving things. Another way to mitigate this is to actually step away from the context that other people are creating for you and create your own context. Step away from observing achievements of other people. Take a walk. Spend some time by yourself and you can ask yourself a couple of questions. What do you actually want? Let me ask that again. What do you actually want? What brings you joy to do? 
in the process what brings you joy. Not the end achievement, but the the process. Sometimes stepping back and thinking about the day-to-day process of what it would take to create that achievement is enough to make you realize you wouldn't actually want to do that. So here's an example. Let's say that you're interested in becoming a costumer, working in a costume shop for a large movie studio, and you have visions in your head of you know, making costumes and doing fittings for Henry Cavill, I don't know, any pick, pick a celebrity. And you think about the the glamour of the job and how amazing it must be to create these amazing work of art costumes. When you start to dig into the everyday process of what that entails, you might realize that maybe it's not quite as sexy as you thought it was. Maybe it's not quite as as exciting and novel and different uh, as you thought it was. When you realize, for example, that in a movie, an actor may have 30 different copies of the exact same costume, and so you're going to be sitting hunched over a sewing machine doing construction of the exact same garment every single day, that suddenly makes the process maybe for you not as exciting as the glamour on the outside, that perfectionism of glamour that we may have built up for ourselves in our head and that we may have seen in the media. So that idea of looking at the process of thinking through what are the steps that it would take to achieve this thing And do those steps really make me want to do it? Is that something that I would want to achieve? Not looking at the end goal, but looking at the day-to-day steps that it would take to get there. Sometimes that's enough to say, you know, I don't really, I don't really want to do that. So this is all about creating context for yourself, creating your own way of looking at the world, looking at what you value, what you ascribe meaning to instead of allowing the world at large to create that meaning for you. A couple of last thoughts on this one. The internet, as I mentioned, allows people to seem like an instant expert. You see a video of somebody doing a dramatic pancake flip and catching the pancake on the skillet, and you're like, wow, that person is a really accomplished pancake flipper. But it may not have been instant. They may not even be an expert. It may take them a hundred times to be able to do that. And we don't know that. So this idea of experts in our modern world has really in a way shifted because people are allowed to create this perfectionistic image of themselves as an expert when they may or may not actually have the skill sets to go behind it. It's disheartening in a way, but it is also, it, I think it allows people to take a little bit of a deeper breath and say, okay, maybe uh, I'm not as behind as I thought I was, and maybe I don't even need to try to measure myself against these, these so-called experts, because maybe they're really not. The other thing that, that I think is important for us as we wrap this conversation up is that Even people who are very successful, we have this tendency to assume that their success happened suddenly to them because we don't see all of the background work, the sweat, 
the blood, the tears, and all the self-doubt and all the frustrations and all the failures that it took to get them to that point. When we work to achieve something, it can feel like our success means less because it was more perceived effort than it was for what we understood this person went through. It can take us longer to do than we understand this person took. But we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And if there's any message that I want to get across in this episode is understanding that the perfection that we see people present to the world is not reality. And that is liberating because it means that we can, we can work to let go of the context and the expectations that those messages put on us and that we put on ourselves by seeing them. It allows us to create our own context and allows us to create our own meaning and importance to what we do. So now it's time for last call. Over the course of the next few days, I would like for you to pay attention to your inner dialogue, what you're telling yourself, and what you're feeling when you are absorbing information about the achievements of other people. What are you saying to yourself about them? What assumptions are you making about them? What dialogue or assumptions are you having about yourself within the context of what that other person has achieved? Are those thoughts, are those emotions helpful to you? Next, I want you to take a break from social media. Step away for a day or a week or even a month if you can manage it. Or if that just feels like too much, limit your time. There are apps that you can download that will actually cut off your social media after a certain preset period of time. You can do that. Or you can work on step one and two together here. So going on social media, paying attention to the emotions that you're dealing with and stepping away when you start to realize that you're saying or feeling negative things. I actually recently took a break from social media for a couple of weeks, three or four weeks, I guess. Didn't post anything really. I went on very rarely to any of my social media. And honestly, it it was hard at first. And then it felt extremely liberating. Uh, I was able to get a lot more perspective on what was important to me and realize that I was feeding myself these perfectionistic lies about what I needed to accomplish. I realized that some of the things that I thought I wanted to accomplish were not really things that I was all that interested in doing, to be honest. And so that's what I'm asking of you in this last call. Step back from social media. Give yourself some time to think about what you actually want and give yourself an opportunity to think about what brings you joy, what not achievement wise, but process wise, what processes that you do for your work bring you joy. Give yourself some space to build a new context for yourself, of yourself, and Feel how different the world looks when you give up on comparing yourself to the perfectionism that other people are are putting out there. So that's it for this episode. I hope that this little series on perfectionism has been useful for you. Um, If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and reach out to me. Let me know how things are going. 
Take care, everybody, and stay safe. So, y'all, in the spirit of full disclosure and trying to battle perfectionism, I have recorded this episode, I'm not even joking, like seven times because I just haven't been that happy with it. And I've rewritten it and re-recorded it and rewritten it and re-recorded it. So I hope it has been useful for you. <laughs> but I just wanted to share that with you um, because really we're all just trying to get, we're just all trying to get by. Hope everybody's doing well and uh, never give up. Keep trying. We're, we're all in this together. Well, thanks for joining me. If you have suggestions, feedback, or just something random you want to share, email me at careerspeakeasy at gmail.com and come visit again soon. Cheers.